Welcome to You Relevant, the podcast that is all about helping you find relevance in the economy of now. My name is Mike Wheeler, and I'm an online instructor, entrepreneur, and cloud career coach. I gravitate towards tools and tech that enable you to create something new, advance your career, and find the intersection between attainable and essential. Irrelevant is sponsored by MikeWheelerMediaLive.com. If you are studying for your first Salesforce certification, I want to let you know about my live training option. I run a live Salesforce administrator training class three to four times a year. This is a live class that runs for nine weeks. And in this live setting, I cover the latest updates from Salesforce, and I'm also able to answer your questions live. So if you'd like to learn in a live group setting with greater interactivity, then go to MikeWheelerMediaLive.com. There you'll find schedule and pricing information and FAQ, and you can also register. Just go to MikeWheelerMediaLive.com for details. All right, so today we're joined by Jennifer Borkovich, and she had reached out or answered a question that I asked online, which was, how has, how has learning Salesforce changed your life? And so, Jennifer, how are you doing today? Great, thank you. Awesome. So I understand that you're in the Michigan area. Is that correct? Yes, I'm in northern Michigan up in Traverse City. Okay. And so you had stated that learning Salesforce had really changed your life. And so I've looked at your LinkedIn profile and I see that you've got a lot of experience around a lot of different industries and verticals. Uh, Many years ago, you worked as a chemist. Looks Mm -hmm. like you've owned your own business for a time. You've worked in like sales support, marketing operations. And so can you tell me uh, about your career journey and what happened to cause you to want to investigate Salesforce? Of course, sure. So as you said, I have a chemistry degree and worked in chemistry for over 15 years before I made a little bit of a pivot um, into marketing. Um, Where I live in Traverse City is a uh, mostly tourist um, economy, so there's not a lot of chemistry jobs in the area. So um, moved into marketing, was in marketing for several years, and then in 2015 actually was uh, without a job for about four months. Never wanted to do that again. (laughs) Um, Most of my experience has been in the manufacturing area, different uh, manufacturing verticals, and um, when I uh, got a new, a new job then in 2015, I had been there about a year and a half and the um, vice president of the company came to me and said, hey, we're thinking about getting Salesforce. If we get it, would you be interested in being the admin? Like a lot of people um, mm-hmm. became the accidental admin, um, helped the launch of the company. We didn't use a partner, um, just figured it out. Wow. Um, got it. Yeah, I got it going. And then um, I was fortunate to be able to go to Dreamforce in 2017. And that really opened my eyes to the, the whole ecosystem of Salesforce and the possibilities out there. Um, I think I've always enjoyed um, learning about business processes and standardizing processes. And I'd worked at a lot of companies that were smaller and didn't have business processes standardized and realized how much that could benefit companies. So it was kind of a, a good fit where I was in my life to, to see this. And then I realized that if I get certified and I, I start down this journey, I'll probably never be without a job again. So that was my big motivator for sure. 
Okay, excellent. Can you share what your study approach was towards getting certified? Sure. So part of it, um, at that same Dreamforce, I met um, a consultant that gave a presentation there and started working with him a little bit um, to help with our implementation. And he said, hey, are you interested in getting certified if you are? Um, there's this class online by a guy named Mike Wheeler that you should check out. Um, so I'd been doing some trailheads and it really helped that I had a hands-on org that I could do things in, obviously. Um, so my study approach was kind of three-pronged, was just diving into our own org and customizing things as I needed to. So that was very key, doing trailheads, but then going through the, the admin class mm -hmm. and really um, that exposed me to things that I didn't have the opportunity to get hands-on with in our org because it was a pretty limited um, implementation. And so there were just parts of Salesforce, it's such a huge platform that there are parts of it that I would have never touched in that job. So your class really helped me expand so that I could um, pass the test and get my certification. Excellent. So it looks like um, I briefly looked at your LinkedIn profile. I think you have, is it three certifications now? Yes. So I have um, admin, I have platform app developer and sales cloud consultant. Perfect. All right. Very good. So the certification path continued. You didn't stop at one. And so you were an accidental admin. And so then that gave you the opportunity to grow where you're planted and to get gain experience. And then as well, taking those certifications helped you to explore areas of the platform that you weren't getting an opportunity otherwise. And so yes. I think that's a great uh, approach to expanding your knowledge. And so since that time, what has your career done? Because you mentioned how Salesforce, learning Salesforce has changed your life. It sounds like you're living your best life now and kind of looking back on your career prior to Salesforce, I don't think you would go back, it sounds like. So tell no. me about <laughs> what life is like now. Sure. Um, I really feel like everything that I've done up till now is kind of coming all together in the job as a consultant. So I joined a Salesforce partner, the Hunley Group, and um, it's a relatively small company. There's about 30 full-time employees. And I joined there because um, after I started posting certifications on LinkedIn, I started getting pinged and started getting um, recruited. Yep. So it was very interesting that when I was looking for a job without a Salesforce admin in 2015, you know, got, got some responses to letters. My experience didn't change that much between 2015 and 2019 when I was looking again. But in 2019, every job that I applied for, I got at least a phone interview, every single one, um, which was awesome. That was a huge change. Um, so now I, I found the Huffington Group, I'm working for them. Um, I started out as a consultant, uh, fairly quickly became a senior consultant, and now I'm a, um, or a business analyst, and now I'm a solution architect for the Huffington Group. Wow. Well, that, congratulations on that. Thank That's you. awesome. That's great. So yeah, one of the things I was startled by whenever I started going down the path of Salesforce, which for me was roughly 2011, 2012, and I was looking for more relevant skills in the marketplace in order to make more money. Uh, I was not uh, making enough in the path that I was in as a technical writer the rates and the salaries were going down there and we have a large family. And um, so I had needed to make a lot of money to pay for all these children, basically. Sure. <laughs> and so discovering Salesforce was really, uh, really good. And then uh, I discovered as well that once I started updating LinkedIn profile with those skills that that became 
really of interest to recruiters as well mm -hmm. and something that I wasn't used to. And so it's almost like a night and day difference where Definitely. it was the same effect that it sounds like you had as far mm -hmm. as uh, you would have kind of a trickle of interest before Salesforce skills, you know, but once you started adding that you had cert been certified, you had some experience, it's almost like turning the faucet on and just a lot of leads coming in and leading to interviews and landing a job as well. Definitely. So, and what was really nice about it too, is that there are so many um, possibilities even before COVID, you know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm working at home and I'm very happy to be working at home. And I live in a beautiful area of Northern Michigan that's mostly tourist driven. Um, I, it, I would have been very hard pressed to make the salary that I'm making now at a job in Traverse City that was physically here. But we have people, all uh, the Humming Group has people all over the country and it's just a great organization. And, and I think a good career path for, um, for any with a Salesforce partner or Salesforce, you know, if you can, um, every day I'm working with different clients and doing different things, it's just interesting and uses some of my creative brain and some of my technical brain. So it's just, uh, it's an interesting career. I really. Irrelevant is sponsored by MikeWheelerMediaPlus.com. You'll find all of my courses on my platform, so just go to MikeWheelerMediaPlus.com. You'll also find exclusive content there, such as my brand new Salesforce Certified Administrator course for 2021. It's bigger and better than ever and available nowhere else. Simply go to MikeWheelerMediaPlus.com and sign up for a seven-day free trial today. You'll find dozens of courses and hundreds of hours of in-depth video training content. Also, be sure to download our mobile apps for iOS and Android. Just search for Mike Wheeler Media Plus on your favorite app store and you'll find us there too. So working remotely, working on a lot of different projects, and so you're getting exposure to other areas of the platform, but you've got a history prior to Salesforce that I think a lot of times some people make the mistake of trying to hide their past or trying to shy away from the fact that they don't have a lot of Salesforce experience. But you're someone that brought to the table years of uh, valid business experiences. So how did you position that as you were pivoting into Salesforce? I know that you were accidental admin in your first spot, but as you really branched out and went for a true Salesforce role outside of that initial launch pad that you had, uh, did you speak to and highlight to that business experience or did you yes. try and avoid it? So, yeah, I did. So um, one of the things that I think really helped me was um, you mentioned that I had my own business for a while. I had a marketing consulting firm for a while with a partner and learned a lot in that, um, in that role, um, how to question people to find out what they really need versus what they're telling you that they need. Um, I think that that's a skill that, whether you're a Salesforce admin or if you're a consultant, um, you know, sometimes somebody will come to you and say, hey, I need a report that does X. And you can quickly create that report, but if you don't ask those next questions, you don't really give them what they need. So it's a, it, you need to understand that it's an iterative process. Um, and I think having that experience really helped me. Um, I think it also helps to find, if you're looking to work for a Salesforce partner, look for a Salesforce partner that's in a vertical that makes sense for your experience. So the Huntley Group works with a lot of manufacturing companies. They work with um, a lot of building products manufacturers. And so my manufacturing experience 
speaks um, to that and, and lets me understand their business processes and how they distribute products and, and things like that more than someone who didn't have that background. Excellent advice. Yeah, I think a lot of people don't realize that there are specific partner companies that serve really specific verticals and you really leverage that. And you can hone in on that on the app exchange by looking at the different consulting companies and identify those that might fit the strength of your background or whatever. Right. So it's a great tip. So it's interesting to me that you've owned a marketing business and from that or owning a business in general, but especially a marketing one, uh, you have an idea as to how marketing works. And so did that background and experience with marketing help you with marketing yourself and advancing your career? Have you taken any marketing principles towards promoting like your profile or anything like that? Um, not really. I just try to always, um, I always try to keep my profile up to date no matter what. Um, and make sure that I am connecting with people that make sense. Like a lot of people I think just collect LinkedIn people they're connected to. And I wanna to connect to people that really know me, that can really speak to, um, speak to what I can do and what I can offer a company. So I think that made a big difference. Um, but yeah, I can't really say that I put any specific marketing take on my job search. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that a lot of times because of the just sheer demand for Salesforce talent and the shortage that seems to be out there that you don't have to do a lot of marketing, they will come find you. <laughs> and one of the key indicators for, or one of the signals for LinkedIn specifically is just the frequency and recency of updates, you know, and I think that all things being equal, if you are just consistently adding what you've learned and what you've done, and that's why I try to encourage my students to do that that will cause you to rise higher to the top of the search results compared to mm -hmm. someone that's just left their profile stagnant for months. And mm -hmm. so I think that, you know, one of the keys in succeeding um, in this ecosystem on this platform is kind of taking the approach of a business owner of as far as thinking about the marketing, the sales and the service side of things. And it's kind of like taking Salesforce's own model of a marketing cloud, a sales cloud and a service cloud and thinking about how can I apply that in my own career on the marketing side of attracting attention, which having those skills is really the primary thing and then updating accordingly. And that's something I try and, and even tell my own kids to do. I've got a son that's 18 and starting to branch out into the world and he's learning a lot right now and helping with my business. And so everything that he does, I'm telling him to pivot onto LinkedIn and update his right. profile, you know, and add right. that. But then you get into sales, and so that's where you are closing the deals. And so that's where you've learned to ask those leading questions. And that could be for gathering requirements, but also leading questions to take you where you want to go in the interview, you know. And then on the service side is where you retain that job, where you take advantage of the runway you have in a new job and succeed well. And so were there any instances of imposter syndrome for you? Did you feel like you were in over your head or didn't belong or who am I to be doing this? Yeah, a little bit. Um, so I had never worked in a, um, in a job before where I build by the hour Okay. and um, keeping track of that. And um, there was an adjustment a little bit to working from home, I would say, just because, you know, everybody's used to getting the, the temperature of how people feel about you as you're walking around the office and you're chatting with people, you know, you get, get visual feedback and not having that for the first few months that I was in this position. It's like, is everybody more efficient than me? Am I billing three hours and everybody else is only billing one to do the same thing? You know, I just didn't really know um, how I was doing, but um, 
I'm very fortunate that the um, the management of the Hummond Group is super supportive and um, you know really talked me through that. And obviously, I've I've overcome that and, and done well. Um, I think one of the things that helped was being willing to take on some new things. So um, I dove into some Einstein analytics stuff right when I first started, and we've done some cool things for a couple of clients with forecasting using Einstein analytics. So um, that's that's been a lot of fun. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, that's awesome. So um, all right, so all right, so you've got three certifications. So do you have plans for more certifications? If so, what are you targeting next? Yeah, I think probably because of the industries that we're in in manufacturing, um, a couple of things we're looking at manufacturing cloud. Um, I don't think they have, there's not an official certification for that yet, but there is partner enablement that's happening. Um, and then probably CPQ will be my next one um, because there's just so many opportunities for that in the clients that I'm serving. Okay. Yeah, I see CPQ a lot. I've heard just a little bit about manufacturing cloud. I know that Salesforce is starting to get into this concept of industries cloud, and that's from some different acquisitions. And, you know, and they're always rebranding and renaming things. So I try to keep up with what's going on. Like a community is now an experience. Yes, but, yeah. And how's that jive with lighting experience? But the point is, is that what I've found in these specific clouds and verticals, oftentimes if there's not a certification, there's an implementation guide. And some of the ones that are more relevant in my area of Nashville, Tennessee would be like the health cloud. So right. I've had people approach me asking, how, do, how can I learn this specific cloud? Because there's not a lot of training out there. And I really focus on like the primary five certifications of admin, sure. advanced admin, platform ad builder, sales cloud, service cloud. Hopefully someday I'll get to CPQ or some of these other <laughs> like field service lightnings of interest to me as well. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't know at what point that'll happen. But uh, you can always find those implementation guys to get some experience and to start working through doing an actual implement, implementation if you have to or if you're just wanting to try it out or whatever. So, Great. so manufacturing cloud. Um, and so you mentioned that is in the partner ecosystem. So I know that with partner companies, they provide a lot more resources and training that's not necessarily available just to the general population, if you right. will. So Yeah, so um, there's some partner enablement things happening on the manufacturing cloud side. Um, okay. And we had a client that was looking at manufacturing cloud I and mean, ended up going a different way because manufacturing cloud was just kind of in its infancy mm -hmm. at the time, a couple of years ago. And um, there were some limitations that we couldn't overcome, but I think that as manufacturing cloud is, is advancing very quickly um, and it has a lot of, of interesting features, the, the forecasting, the, the rebate management for manufacturers um, are some really cool features of it. Okay. Yeah, I was really curious, like what were some of the core components of manufacturing clouds? So what are some other core components of manufacturing cloud? Um, one of the, the main one is sales agreements. So if you think about a manufacturing company, um, I think one of the things that I struggled with when I was implementing Salesforce at a manufacturing company originally was the opportunity for a manufacturer doesn't necessarily end with the sale you have a sales agreement and that can be contracts, but contracts doesn't really fit it perfectly. So manufacturing cloud has sales agreements where you know if you're gonna, if somebody says, if the opportunity is for 5,000 widgets and then the company says, yep, I'm gonna buy those 5,000 widgets, then the sales agreement allows you to forecast that over the um, life of the sales agreement. 
um, potentially make contract changes and things like that through it, and then um, predict a forecast, say what the actual was, and and um, do all the product forecasting for manufacturing off of that sales agreement. So it kind of handles that ongoing buy that Salesforce natively, just the main uh, sales cloud doesn't handle perfectly. Right, which is that right. extra thing. Yeah, that I've encountered that in a past life uh, when I was working projects in that it was for like a large like call center operation. And there was a lot of what they call contract leakage where they were contracted out for this amount of revenue, but then in reality, a lot of those sales agreements didn't actually happen. And so it's great to right. hear that, uh, that that is a solution in the manufacturing cloud. I hadn't really thought about that, but uh, we had a lot of challenges trying to build something to do that natively. So that's why right. manufacturing cloud exists now. So very yeah. good. Yeah, awesome. and then you also have the rebate situation where you have a manufacturer that maybe mm -hmm. um, if if it's a building products manufacturer, they might tell Home Depot, we'll give you a rebate of X percent if you buy over a certain amount. And that's it's a little bit difficult to handle. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and it can obviously get a lot more granular than that. And Manufacturing Cloud handles that as well. So that's another great feature. Awesome. Well, very good. So it's really great though that I think we're really benefiting from the maturity level of Salesforce now. They've been around for over 20 years and they are far removed from their, not far removed, but they've really outgrown their origins of being a CRM to where they've gone into all these different verticals and industries so that you can really niche down into something and leverage your past. Because if you have to learn a new tool like Salesforce and learn a new industry, then you don't know the lingo, you don't have right. connections, it makes it a lot harder. And so uh, I think yours is a great example of kind of knowing your lane and staying in it and adding another tool to your toolbox and right. uh, and just playing to your strengths and your background. So one thing that um, I did when I was um, in my first job, my first Salesforce admin job was really looked for opportunities to do things different on the platform. So one of the things that we did was created a safety app. We were working in a, in a machine shop and created a safety app in Salesforce that allowed us to track our, um, when someone needed to report an accident or report a near miss, did it all in Salesforce linked back to, um, got some platform licenses, used Chatter, um, build a custom application. And I think that that really um, and it's the kind of thing that you do in your classes as well, where you find an example of, okay, somebody comes to me and wants to do X, how mm -hmm. can I accomplish that, right? And I was trying to find a way to use the Salesforce reporting and dashboarding that is so powerful and apply it to our safety program. Um, so by building that out, that really uh, gave me a lot of different um, experiences and, and different things that I could then pull on when I'm now doing different customizations for other clients. Gotcha. So that was really on the job. You were building out really a portfolio. I mean, it was something that served a real purpose in the real world in your job, but also something that you could then speak to, not that you necessarily showed it publicly, right. but in an interview, you probably spoke about that particular application, you know, definitely. So can you tell me more about that app as far as what type of licenses you use for that? Was that um, like chatter free or was it uh, force.com yeah. or what, well, what was yeah, it? So we did use chatter free. Um, we used um, a, a forum application 
that um, then got fed into Salesforce. So all of the users, you didn't have to be a Salesforce user to fill in the form, but then Salesforce users could obviously um, use the data from that. Um, and we, we then build a custom Visual Force page that allowed us to um, submit our safety data, compile all that, uh, submit our safety data to the state. So oh, wow. it handled all of that reporting within within Salesforce and took a lot of administrative burden and paperwork <laughs> out mm -hmm. of the mix. So that was really cool. Well, that's very powerful because you're you're addressing the need for the front end and also the back end as far as the administrative side of reporting to the state. Right. And so for those users on the front end, was that like mobile enabled or was it yes. desktop? So mobile as well. Okay. Yeah, there was actually just a, a link um, that they could go to. So we pushed, everybody had company-owned phones. So we pushed a, a link um, and uh, basically it looked like an app, but it was actually just a link to their phones. They could click on it, fill out the whole safety report, and then it got sucked into Salesforce and we could report on it. It also made safety a lot more visible because then we had boards throughout the company that would show the dashboard of, of how many, with privacy, obviously, we weren't saying who got hurt or people's names or anything, but we could, we could display how many accidents there were, how much lost time, all of that. So you know, you wouldn't think of Salesforce necessarily as the first thing that you would use for that. But my, my mantra at that company really kind of became, we had a little bit of a mishmash of um, technology. You know, we had an ERP system, we had a safety system, we had Salesforce, we had all this other stuff. And my mantra was, okay, we already have Salesforce. If somebody comes in and says, I want to buy this other X piece of technology, I want to check first. <laughs> can we do it with what we already have, right? Can I, can I just build a couple custom objects in Salesforce and do pretty close to the same thing? Couldn't all the time, but sometimes you can. And why bring in a whole another you know, piece of technology if you can accomplish it on the Salesforce platform because it's so flexible? I think one of the biggest challenges for me when someone comes to me and says, I want to do something, how can I do this in Salesforce is that Salesforce is so flexible that there's often a dozen different ways that you could do it. So you have to, we always um, try to find the solution that follows Salesforce best practices and that is easy for a client to maintain long-term. So yeah, sometimes you have to go to code, but as Salesforce said, you know, says you want to do everything declaratively if you can. So we want to make it as easy as possible for the client or the, the end user in the end to be able to maintain their own system without having to know how to code. Yeah, yeah. I, and okay, so it's real easy for us because we take for granted the power of Salesforce, you know. Yeah. But I remember the days when I didn't know how to build enterprise level applications because I wasn't a natural born coder. And so if someone came to me and said, hey, we're going to we're going to buy some safety software, I wouldn't have even thought that I would have the capability of creating something similar. And so we take a step back and realize it's like it's a huge, almost like a superpower, you know, yeah. that we can build these things, you know, yeah. but we've all seen in uh, instances where there's a board somewhere, the number of days since our last accident, and then someone gets hurt and they got to take it back down to zero. Right. But to think, that was a great idea to build that on the platform and to leverage licenses so that it's not either minimal or no cost and making it publicly facing as well and on phones so that people can 
get it from wherever they are. And then that brings greater visibility. And so what was the bottom line as far as safety in that environment? Did accidents actually drop after implementing that or did they rise or what was the result? <laughs> um, yeah, safety definitely improved. Um, near miss reporting went way up, but that's what we wanted, right? You want, you want to, um, to see those near misses so you can fix things so people don't get hurt. So mm -hmm. that was that was all good. Um, I think it also made people. Um, I think that they saw Salesforce as just something that the sales team was doing, mm -hmm. and they didn't really need to pay attention to it. And I think it made people's imagination open up a little bit. Um, around that same time, we um, that company had a new manufacturing cell that was starting, and so the um, engineer that was running that program came to me and said, "Hey." how can we improve communication in the cell? And so we started a chatter group just for that, for that manufacturing cell so that they could check on things and, and see, um, see reports, even if they weren't, um, even if they were just chatter free users, everyone was involved in it. Um, and it became a little bit of a, um, the people that were in that group really liked it and, and used that tool a lot. Interesting. So not only has learning Salesforce changed your life, but you've been able to go and change other lives as well, because by, I mean, if you, when you think about it, if you've reduced the number of accidents and you're identifying these near misses, that's an interesting term. I haven't really heard that before, but I know what it means. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but identifying those near misses and then finding improvements, you may have saved some lives actually by learning Salesforce and then putting that in practice in your job. I don't know if you've ever thought about that or not. But... It might be a little bit of a stretch, but. Okay. Well, you know, maybe you've avoided some, someone getting a paper cut at least. Yeah. You've got to give me that. Oh, so. We were in a machine shop. It was There was definitely machining and heat treating. So there was definitely some some risk there, but. But yeah, I mean, anything you can do to improve safety is obviously great in that kind of situation. Yeah, excellent. So yeah, that's a great example though of, I always like hearing how people use the platform to solve a problem in unusual ways or not readily apparent ways because we're all familiar with working an opportunity and changing stages or right. you know customer relationship, but actual tangible real world things. This is not just vaporware, but this actually has an impact on lives and processes as well. So excellent stuff, Jennifer. So anything else you'd like to share about yourself or the company you work for or anything we need to be aware of uh, that um, you've got going on? No, I don't think so. Um, I, I am uh, starting my son on your classes. So thank you. Awesome. <laughs> so he's starting to learn. He's a, a minor league baseball player. And so <laughs> I'm um, getting him some new skills. So he's starting out in new classes. I said, I had an interview with you today and he said, you know that guy I'm listening to in the classes? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that was good. Yeah. All good stuff. Awesome. Well, minor league baseball player. I used to play baseball, had aspirations of making it, but I never even made it to the minor league. So, uh, so you know, hopefully he makes it to the majors, but he's got Salesforce to fall back on. That's right. You know? <laughs> that's right. So we'll be the plan B and we'll just, <laughs> but that's great. And, I, I, you know, some of my sons have learned Salesforce. Others have gotten into you know, filming and lights and cameras and all this kind of doodads, but uh, that's always great. So I always like seeing the next generation coming up. And, uh, and so that's awesome. So maybe someday I'll get to interview him as well. So there you go. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, Jennifer, I really appreciated uh, your time today and wish you the best sure. of luck in your future and do keep in touch with your next success stories. Thank you. Appreciate it, Mike.
So if you could please do this new podcaster a solid, please share this podcast with others. I also want to hear your voice. Please do reach out to me. I want to include the voices of my listeners. If you have any questions, leave that in a voice message. You may be featured in a future episode. And please subscribe, share, spread the word about you relevant. And together we'll help you and others find relevance in the economy of now. Thanks. Thanks.